Welcome back, everyone, to Continuing the Conversation, uh, a podcast for uh, our series called Our Cultural Moment. And uh, the whole purpose of this podcast is to equip you in language and uh, have deeper discussions and meaningful conversations around these cultural issues that, that really need a biblical foundation and a Christ-like response. And so today I have with me, as we talk about sacred life, we have Keelan Smith and Jeremy Wynn. Keelan is our director of children's ministry. She is a fellow sister in Christ and a fellow journeyer with us on this topic and has counseled many women on uh, the issues around this topic and even has a story connected to it. And so we want to we want to uh, represent that with with this uh, podcast. We also have Jeremy and uh, Jeremy is our team lead for outreach and he oversees a lot of the work that we do in caring for lives in our community and around the world. His, his, uh, he has been uh, tasked with stewarding the gospel in Topeka and beyond Topeka. That's a pretty big uh, stewardship there, Jeremy. Good thing it? we have the Holy Spirit in our church family to <laughs> that, rally around us. That's right, that's right. Well, it's great to have you here. And uh, in, our, in my message this past week, again, we set up that biblical foundation, a clear vision of God's value for life. Life is valuable because God has created it in his image and he's the one who gives dignity and meaning and, and uh, purpose to us. And so we want to be people then that, again, come around and give value to people and reflect the image of God that he's crafted in every person, whether or not they believe in Christ, whether or not they're following Christ or living even a life that, that brings or gives life to others. Everyone has value. Everyone has meaning. Everyone has purpose in uh, the plan of God. And so we want to be a church that is aligned to God's value. That means from the womb to the tomb, we're, we're connected with people and we're loving people and we're standing for and with people because they're made in the image of God. Then we looked at what it looks like to align to that. And we align to it through the gospel and bringing the gospel because the image bearers of Christ, those who Christ redeemed through his life and death and resurrection are those then who are life bringers and image bearers into our culture. And so that we want to be people then who don't just preach the good news, but live out and lovingly express the good news of the gospel through uh, speaking and serving people around us. And so uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to respond on what you, what were your takeaways with the message. But I want to ask Keelan and Jeremy, first off, uh, we'll start with you, Keelan. What was your major takeaways from the message this past weekend? Um, Jill, what I really like and appreciate is the value of the relationship of being in someone's life and being willing to not judge them or yes. have preconceived notions of why they're making decisions or what they have done. So being willing to really take the time and the patience to put yourself out there and to listen, be quick to listen, slow to speak, yes. and um, seek that understanding. One of the great things like, you know, we see through the Gospels of Jesus, knowing people completely mm -hmm. and bringing them into restoration. And for us as humans um, that have the power of the Holy Spirit, we can't know someone completely, but we can take, slow down and take that patience to understand and then walk through with 
um, walk through the hard places with them. That's and right. so that's what I really appreciated. It's just that value of really knowing people in the relationship. Yeah. And so having, definitely having a conviction about life, yes. but also having compassion to come right. alongside people and walk with them through yes. life. That's so important. Because yes. so many times the church can be a mouthpiece, but it's not really a practical level of serving people. Yeah. And the two have to be together. I appreciate you sharing that. Jeremy, what were, what were your take, takeaways? Well, I appreciated your personal confession when you talked about the, the cool, the comfort, and success. And, you know, in my season of life right now, I'm, we have a parent with young kids, mm -hmm. and it can be easy in this season to live out of scarcity and try yeah. to seek out comfort because you feel like, I don't have enough to care for my own family and kids. Yeah. So what that can do in, in the season that, that we're in is just leaning into comfort and saying, we, we can't give extra time or extra money or extra energy outside of our own family. And so that can limit us to, to opportunities. And so yeah. there is in particular just a, um, a couple that are uh, some kids that we've had a relationship with a long time that mm -hmm. we need to re-engage. We need to get outside of our comfort zone and just mm -hmm. re-engage and be some respite care for them. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, we're going to take some time now to go around the circle and have you share what were your major takeaways from the message this weekend? All right. My next question uh, for you and for our panel here is to talk about that emphasis that we made this weekend on kind of whole life perspective, womb to the tomb of the value and the meaning and the significance of people. And as we look at that, we, we need to have uh, that conviction expressed through language. And so I've asked our team members here to share in their own words, what does that mean to them? And my hope is, is that we can equip you in some language that when someone says, what do you think about life? Or what do you think about abortion? Or what do you think about euthanasia? Or what do you think about the poor? You can have a, a comprehensive and biblically consistent uh, message about what you believe. So Jeremy, how would you express that in your own words? Yeah, so the two foundational verses that I would go to, you mentioned in, in your sermon, Genesis 1:27, which talks about how we're all made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. So because of that, we all have value, dignity, and worth just mm -hmm. because of that. And then second was looking at Psalm 139 and mm -hmm. looking how God had knit us together in our mother's womb and we are fearfully and wonderfully made, which means life begins at conception. So within that, you've got that all life matters from conception until death. Mm -hmm. And we, get, we are to give value, dignity, and worth. Okay. Great. Keelan, how would you respond in your own words? Um, in my own words, I would say that every single human life has purpose and value mm -hmm. um, because they are created in the image of God and we are all image bearers. And so when we look at every single person, we need to treat them like they were made in God's image. Mm -hmm. And so we are going to give them dignity and respect, even if we don't agree with them or they're on a different side than we are, that we need to be able to treat them with value and like they were made by him. Yeah. Okay. So you just heard it from our team members here. What I'd like you to do now is, again, go around your circle and express in your own words, what do you believe about the dignity and the value and uh, the purpose of sacred life?
So we're back, and now we're going to be talking about um, our team members' experience with this topic over the course of their lifetimes. And so what I want them to share is just tell us your experience as you've navigated sacred life over the course of your lifetime. Keelan, why don't you start us off? Yes, um, Joe, I was actually um, a child within a fatherless home. And so I'm the youngest of five, and it put my family into poverty. Um, and so we were high-risk kids, and the church embraced me and my, uh, me and my siblings, did a wonderful job. It was my safe place. I actually was there all the time <laughs> as a kid um, and had several mentors, women throughout my life um, as a child um, that showed me who Christ was and took me under their wing. And my mom worked a lot. And so we were just um, in a situation that put us in abusive situation as well as just not having finances, the finances. And my uh, family member of mine ended up in that process of getting an abortion um, through having been raped and um, also just being in poverty. And so that she felt like that was her only option mm -hmm. um, and did not have anyone to be able to speak into her of, mm -hmm. um, of that. And um, she, uh, man, I, I look at her and I still say, man, God loves you. Yeah. God loves you. And just the hardship of that of being able to, it has given me a perspective of just being able to sit across from someone and embrace them no matter what decisions they have made and try to heal that relationship and lead her towards Christ. Yeah. Um, and so the, the perspective of poverty and just that greater understanding of what God can do in a situation, I look back on my childhood and I'm like, man, God's grace. Mm -hmm. It's so big. Mm -hmm. And um, I look back and just see all these people that spoke into my life, and I could have ended up in such a different situation. And, um, but the power of him and the restoration of Christ mm -hmm. is so huge. Yeah. And so, but just being able to be in relationship with people that we don't always understand why they've made those decisions, mm -hmm. but being able to come alongside them and say, I'm going to jump into the, this hardship with you mm -hmm. and stick. Yeah. Um, is so powerful. Yeah. That's, uh, thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you going there with us. Yeah. And uh, Jeremy, what's been your experience on this topic of life? Yeah, been a little different, but I yeah. uh, grew up in, in a Christian home, you know, middle, upper class, white, male. And so with that, had a strong emphasis of being pro-life and just a conservative worldview. Mm -hmm. And as I've grown up, and whether it was living in the high crest community or being engaged in foster care and fostering different kids or through our journey with adoption as well. Mm -hmm. God in each of these different phases has really just opened my eyes and grown my heart. Um, definitely very pro-life still, but mm -hmm. grown my heart just for all different types of people. And as I've been in relationships with people in different phases of life and different situation scenarios, it's just, it's just grown my heart for all kinds of people. Even as I've been able to travel around the world and yeah. see, you know, poverty internationally, but seeing just the love of Christ at work in the midst of everything from slums to leper colonies to AIDS colonies, just how all life matters. And it's just, it's touched my heart and grown my heart. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just even looking at, at our kids and how we can love their birth families and stuff. I just think as, as you put yourself outside your comfort zone and in situations to be in relationships with people that are different than you, mm -hmm. it builds compassion, it builds empathy, it builds grace. 
and you learn so much from them as well. Yeah. I have grown so much from all these experiences and relationships that have been outside of uh, maybe my typical comfort zone or how I was um, raised at an early age. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jeremy, for sharing that also. Yeah. What I want to do now is just, again, go around your circle and uh, share the answer to this question. What has been your experience with this topic of sacred life over the course of your lifetime? And here's a really important thing to do just in group dynamics is really try not to solve someone's problem or um, point a finger at someone if they say something that you disagree with. Our picture is here to practice what you would with anyone in the world of a listening ear and an appreciation for them to go there and share part of their lives with you. So uh, let go around and talk about your experience with this topic of sacred life uh, throughout your life story. Now we're back and we're going to be talking about a compelling community, the type of church we want to be a part of that has a conviction in the word of God, but compassion for the world and the people God has placed in front of us. God has been shaping my heart on this topic for over 21 years that I've been here at Fellowship. We realized as a church when we got to know more and more people, how many people have been affected by abortion in our community. And and how we have meaningful conversations and how we how we navigate this topic that has been politicized it's been culturized i mean it's it's and it's very easy to point a finger and stereotype and write people off and yet there's a way through this the gospel teaches us a way through this um, i've shared a lot of my thoughts on the type of community i want to foster around here as a leader Keelan, I'd love to hear your perspective. What kind of community do you see fellowship becoming as we stand with sacred life and, and stand for sacred life in, in, with people? Well, I really look at it as more of a personal perspective mm -hmm. of every single person willing to look at people and say they are made in God's image and I'm going to come alongside them no matter what decisions they have made and really opening up and asking questions instead of assuming and willing to walk through hard places. Um, there are so many people, just even within our city, that um, are either in poverty or vulnerable or marginalized. I mean, you name it, there are people that we can lovingly embrace and welcome in. And not necessarily even just the people that walk in our doors, it's going out and being sent out um, for the gospel and to lovingly come alongside them in relationship. When you are able to sit with someone who has had hurt or pain and um, walk alongside them, you see a greater picture of Christ mm -hmm. um, because you're able to sacrificially love someone else and um, to be able to lead them through a process and see his restoration. And it doesn't always happen immediately. Yeah. I mean, we, ha we have to be patient. Um, I always go back to James, um, slow to speak, quick to listen, mm -hmm. um, and just be able to look at someone, love them, and they are made in the image of God and treat them with dignity and get to know their story. People open up so much when they're able to open, to um, share their story. That's it pulls right. them when, out of shame. When you as an image bearer mm -hmm. give them value that God has given them, meaning and purpose, right, and yes. dignity. That's, mm -hmm. that's right. So thank you, Keelan. Mm -hmm. 
Jeremy, how would you answer that question when you think about yeah. the, com the community we want to become? Yeah. I'd love for you to share some of your thoughts on that. So I'm going to just pick up where Keelan was and kind of keep, keep going with yeah. it. So at an individual, individual level, I believe that everyone has a role to play when it comes to valuing and being a part of treating everyone with sacred life. Mm -hmm. In the midst of everyone having a role to play, I also know that everyone can't do everything. That's why we're the body of Christ and we each have our own gifts and functions and abilities and individual relationships that God has already put in our path for us to be engaged in. And so in the midst of kind of that at the individual level that we all have a role to play, we all have our gifts, I, I really do have some big prayers and desires that I have and would love to continue to see our church family be a part of. I, I'd love to see our church family really wrap our arms around Topeka in a way that we care for single moms really, really well. And we also care for women that are unexpectedly pregnant. Um, how do we care for, love them well, wrap around them, work with our incredible partners we have to, to be a place that, that's welcoming, caring, and for helping just come alongside them. Love to be a place where we legitimately affect the foster care system in Topeka, mm -hmm. where we're on the front end helping on the preventative side working with partners, agencies, individuals to identify families that are struggling, they're on the verge of having their kids taken into foster care, or when they're in foster care, helping provide with the shortage of foster families, or mm -hmm. once families are reintegrated, helping provide that ongoing support and respite and care so they don't get taken back. I wanna see mental health. Um, there's, mm -hmm. since Menager has left and beyond, I mean, there's just a huge mental health need. See, how can our church, and those people that have more expertise than me, how to handle this, how do we bring them into the table and utilize the latent potential we have in our church family to help with mental health, to help with addiction support. Mm -hmm. um, you think about affordable housing. There's a housing shortage in Topeka at all levels. So how do we help provide affordable housing, which then helps make it so that kids aren't needed to go into foster care mm -hmm. and all these different issues. How do we help with homelessness? How do we help with elderly? Um, and then the refugees that God's brought to us through Ukraine in, in all these different areas, no one can do all these things. Yeah. But as a church family, how do we have eyes and a heart that we're available to say, God, in all these different spheres of life that is sacred, that is valuable, what's my next step that I can use the, the potential, the gifts and abilities to help engage to that and for our church just to be that church that is available and aware and engages into all those different spheres. Yeah. So, it's overwhelming uh, and daunting, sure. yeah. but our, man, our church is so, we are, we are being faithful, but there's even some, a lot of untapped potential yeah. that excites me. So I, I love that both of you could be here with us because yeah. you represent the personal side of this, that each <laughs> one of us can sit down with someone and have a meaningful conversation. If you look at how ideologically this, this topic has played out, it's two sides and they just yell at each other. Mm -hmm. And we have an opportunity to be the hands and feet and mouthpiece of Jesus proclaiming the good news of the gospel and the grace of God that's appeared to all men through Christ, while at the same time helping people take their next step, whatever that looks like, from a personal to a community or city perspective. And I love the vision that you both share. I mean, uh, I'm 58 years old, and it's good for someone in their 20s there, or you're 30-something. Yeah, 32. Okay. 32. 32. Yeah, I still see you old. as a young man. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> But for someone in their 30s to have a vision like yours and to be in leadership here is an awesome blessing to us. And then as I just think about everyone who heard this, all the ears who the spirit might move into uh, being intentional and into action, not just, not just words, but into action, 
yeah. and expressing the beauty of Jesus and his value for life yeah. through this opportunity is a great is a great thing. And so as we as we close our time, I'd love for you to go around one more last time and talk about the the what did you hear when you think about a community here at Fellowship Bible Church, our church family that stands for life and with lives. What could it look like? And share some of those ideas with each other. Encourage one another. Affirm each other as we talk through this. Because God's not going to call everyone to do everything. He's going to call one person to do something. And that, that person is each of us. Mm -hmm. And so what could be your first act or first movement towards standing for or standing with lives? Around?